dig in and ask a lot of questions. Like really make yourself available and open, open to the experience, open to your professional experience to make sure that you are learning and soaking up everything that you can, especially as somebody who's early in their career. I think if you're earlier in your career, soak up as much as you can, learn as much as you can. And if you feel like you're not learning or you're looking around and there's no one that you can relate to or no one that you want to be your mentor, then you got to make a move and you got to find another spot. Welcome to the Hospitality Mentor Podcast. I'm your host, Steve Turk. Join me as we dive into the personal stories of some of the world's best hospitality professionals. We follow the journey of their ups, downs, and wild turns to find out what it truly takes to make it in the amazing world of hospitality. This episode is brought to you by our podcast partners at Real-Time Reservation. Their inventory management system is best in class for hotels and resorts to manage their non-room inventory. The web-based application allows for creative upselling of overnight and daytime visitors with add-ons and pre-planned packages. Hotel guests and non-guests can reserve cabanas, pool chairs, activities, amenities, excursions, events, day passes, and much more. The real-time reservation platform offers a fully integrated pre-arrival portal where guests are verified through the property management system. Guests can prepay for cabanas and activities through credit card integrations, which are then processed through point of sale. All of our listeners that might be interested in using real-time reservation are welcome to explore the demo at realtimereservation.com. Once again, that's realtimereservation.com. Welcome to another episode of the Hospitality Mentor Podcast. Today, I'm very excited to have Jeremy Gall, the founder and CEO at Breezeway. Jeremy, thanks for joining me today. Steve, pleasure to be here. Thanks for having me. Well, Jeremy, we always get right into it on this podcast, and I'd love to hear how you started your journey into hospitality, but I know it wasn't the normal and traditional way. How did you get started? Yeah, I mean, I think, um, I guess if I go way back in college, I worked in, um, somehow I landed a job in the admissions office. So I got to do tours for prospective students and parents, and I loved it. And then after college, I lived on an estate outside of Tuscany, an agriturismo, very early vacation rental days, like an agriturismo farm. And, um, you know, part of my job was like restocking and doing stuff at 20 different villas that they had on the property. Shout out to a place called Spinocchia outside of Siena, which was a really um, a great spot. Wait, how did you get that? You were at Boston College doing economics. How did you end up in a, a villa in Tuscany? How did I get that gig? I, um, I wrote him a letter and I told him that I could use a chainsaw pretty effectively and knew how to speak Italian. And that was enough apparently to get the job which was, which was an incredible experience. But um, I don't know, I think that's probably where I got like the travel bug and a little bit of the hospitality bug. And then, yeah, I was an attorney for a little bit, went to law school. I was practicing attorney, corporate high tech for a while. And then we just got really enamored with this idea about the sharing economy was a really big deal. People were starting to think about how they could rent their own car. Zipcar was brand new. Um, we were thinking myself and my co-founder were both econ majors 
thinking about utilization of property and how, you know, so many homes were left vacant so often. And um, we sort of stumbled our way into the vacation rental business and the rest was kind of history from there. So, you know, I love the origin stories here. So you're an attorney, you're doing that for a couple of years. And, you know, I have a family of attorneys here, my wife, my dad, my brother was one for a while. What was the moment where you're like, all right, Maybe this isn't the path for me and I'm going to get into hospitality technology here. You know, I'd lived in after, after working in your, you know, people's careers, they take, uh, and I'm sure you've seen this through your other guests as well. Um, your, your career, especially early on, takes some interesting twists and turns. After living abroad, I was in San Francisco working for a bit and I'd missed sort of the tech boom of the late 90s. And then I was this, you know, it was a corporate attorney working with venture capital funds and portfolio companies and all the founders and the entrepreneurs who were coming in who were on the other side of the other side of the desk. They just looked like they were having a lot more fun than I was. It was a lot more interesting. And um, I don't know, their career path really resonated with me. And I looked around and I thought like, you know, that's what I want to be doing what the, I want to be doing what they're doing and not sitting on this side of the desk. Or like family and friends like saying, what are you doing? You're crazy. Or was it like, Hey, go chase your dreams. What was that like? I think they were supportive. I think they thought I was crazy. I, you know, I think they thought it was crazy that I was working at a corporate law firm to begin with. Um, and so I think they felt like, you know, this is the right, this is the right move to so go for it. So you create flip key, which was, an unbelievable business back around 2006 or seven, if I got my notes right here. How did you jump into that? Yeah, so very good friend of mine, TJ Mahoney. We were both, I was working with a group of entrepreneurs in New York. We were thinking about something to do with product reviews, aggregating product reviews for consumer business. And um, TJ came up with an idea about trying to rent out his apartment in the north end of Boston. And we started talking about it and we thought, wow, this is, this is really interesting. This is pre Airbnb, VRBO existed. So did cyber rentals and a whole bunch of other uh, websites that nobody remembers anymore, mostly, but no one had really captured HomeAway was just about to do their aggregation and their sort of roundup of, um, of all of these websites, but they hadn't done that yet either. And we thought, wow, this is really interesting. Like, there should be a platform for being able to rent your apartment when you're not there and couch surfing existed. Another thing people don't really talk about anymore. Yeah, uh, I remember that. But couch surfing was around when, and there was a lot that was happening with like social commerce and reviews were, I think it's just amazing. Like the internet and the travel industry moves at such a fast pace that it's easy to forget that 15 years ago, like everything was different. Um, literally everything. Um, and reviews were a really big deal. TripAdvisor was top of the, you know, top of the heap. They were collecting tons of reviews. It was really the go-to site when you needed to try and understand, get some information about where you wanted to go and get some confidence. And we looked at vacation rentals and we felt like, um, there was no place to go and get that confidence about what this brand was like. And at the time, HomeAway was just rolling up VRBO and a couple other websites and property managers, professionals who've been doing this for 50 years um, in leisure destinations, they were really concerned about what was happening between 
professional managers and rent by owners. And if they were all going to be lumped together on the same website and the same OTA, how were they ever going to distinguish their brand? How were they going to prove to people how good they were and that they were better than these individual listings? And guest reviews was, was really the key. And at the time when we started FlipKey, they didn't exist. People were afraid to ask owner. You know, they thought owners would be really upset if a guest was raiding their home that they would they would take it personally. And that was the trick. And we hooked up with TripAdvisor pretty early on, and um, you know, we're able to grow a really nice marketplace. And so, how does that happen? Because you know, you're starting out. You've got how many partners at that time? Was it like you guys sitting around with some beers, kind of like throwing ideas around of reviews, but? Is that what it was like? Or was it you had a very clear business plan of, all right, we're going to build this. We need to go after TripAdvisor and get them on board. Or was it like, you know, how did you get that piece? Because that's a, a big piece in your success. Yeah, I think um, I think you can have it. I think you can have both. Both images that you just painted can be true, right? You could be sitting around having some beers and thinking about what you're going to be doing and building that like business plan. And I, I think we were doing both at the same time. Three of us. Uh, working out of a house sort of feels like a real traditional sort of founder story. And it was, but, you know, three of us um, trying to think through it and figure out what's the hook, you know, there's something here and there ought to be a a marketplace and there's an opportunity. uh, But what's the hook that really can drive some value. And I went early on to a vacation rental managers association meeting in Virginia, drove down from Boston, and it was eye-opening to hear managers talking about how important their brand was, how much they devoted themselves to taking care of the owner's home and really being a hospitality professional, and how much they felt sort of let down, and, and they still do, how much they felt like let down and uneasy about how they were being positioned online through online marketplaces and that their reputation was so important to them because they worked so hard for it. And that was really the light bulb where we were like, okay, we need to dig into this. And then it helped that TripAdvisor was a, was a Massachusetts company right here on the outskirts of Boston. And, you know, we met Steve Coffer and over a course of a number of discussions, you know, the timing was right to sort of, you know, work together and, and pursue it. And is that someone that you're reaching out to them? Someone on your team's reaching out multiple times or like a one-off run-in or how did that come off? Cause that's like that key moment for a lot of people where they're like, man, I wish I knew someone at TripAdvisor. I wish I knew someone at a big company. How did you guys figure that part out? Uh, we played basketball with a guy who worked at TripAdvisor and we met we met that way and then through a couple of connections a meeting got set up and we went in and we met steve steve is an incredibly incredibly smart individual and persuasive and so um through a number of conversations then it just sort of it sort of took off from there and i think a lot of people these founding stories or people a lot of these successful companies and whatever success we you know we managed at flipkey uh, some of it is just fortuitous timing where you are sort of, you're paying attention to the landscape and you're trying to take advantage of the shots that that develop in front of you. And sometimes you just, it, it, it works out, the timing works out. And this time, the timing worked out that vacation rentals was something TripAdvisor and Expedia really wanted to get involved in. 
but they hadn't yet. Um, and they were looking for some vehicles to get that business, to get into that business. So they got it right away. They were looking for someone like you. So when you met with Steve, he was already looking for something like this, or he was like, wow, I really like what you're doing and I want to be a part of it. Uh, I'd say a little bit of, a little bit of both. They were looking for something they'd been teasing. They'd been sort of tinkering with the idea and thinking about what they could do. I think still the mission at TripAdvisor, right? They wanted to aggregate all sorts of um, travel and hospitality information. And at the time, they had the same thing that Orbitz and Expedia had and Travelocity. They had flights, hotels, car rentals, right? And they and TripAdvisor had something none of them had, which was all the reviews and a really devoted community for forums and, and additional travel information. But they didn't have vacation rentals and they didn't have attractions, local attractions. Um, and they really wanted to round out and they had cruises at the time. They already had cruises, but they wanted to round out the rest of the travel landscape. So it was on their mind, but I think they appreciated the way that we were thinking about it and the way we were thinking about being very forward with guest reviews and trying to help build up the marketplace um, in that direction. You know, and at the same time, Airbnb started like a rocket ship and changed the hospitality landscape. So as you're starting to build this, do you, like how, how do you start, you know, because you're an attorney. Did you have uh, one of the founders as a coder or someone in that space? Or was it like, hey, this is what we need and I've met all these people or you go online looking for people? How did you start building out Flipkey? Yeah, you do a little bit of um, great question. I did some of the early design. Uh, we'd never want to show those to your audience because they look pretty <laughs> uh, They look pretty rough. We have to, we have to find uh, it out there. We have to find them out there, uh, listeners. You could probably find it. It's pretty tough. Uh I did the design. Carl was our CTO. He did a lot of the initial work um, and sort of structure. And I think, again, what can sometimes be lost on people is that, you know, it takes time. They take a lot of time to develop. And there's a lot of start and stop at the beginning, I would say. Probably the first year, first year and a half is really elongated with these cycles of, of building sort of testing, figuring out that you did 50% of what you did wrong, rebuilding, trying to refigure it out. Um, and you're sort of tweaking the formula and tweaking, tweaking what you're trying to do all the time, all the while trying to digest as much feedback as you can from uh, different people in the hospitality industry, different people in vacation rentals, um, thought leaders, influencers, et cetera. And so was this side hustle for some of you guys, or was it all full-time right off the bat for the three of you? Uh, side hustle for two, full-time for me. I'd quit being an attorney. Mm -hmm. Full-time for me to sort of like press on the gas. But that was good. It gave us sort of the freedom together to pursue it. And, um, you know, it's not, it's not everybody that can, you know, quit their job and work on a project like this for a year and, and, and take that chance. And so... Uh, we were in a good position to be able to do that. No, and it's hard for a lot of people out there because all of them are like that. Like, I can't leave my full-time job to start something up right now. It sometimes takes a person like you, Jeremy, just like, hey, I'm going to do it. And then we're all going to join. So what was that moment where it was like, all right, we've got a real business here, guys. Like, I need you all in this with me. Feels like ancient history, Steve. But uh, yeah, I know. <laughs> the, um, I would say we reached a point where... We felt confident about the direction and we were going to raise a little bit of 
outside capital. We'd been putting money, we'd been putting our own money in to sort of fund some of the development. We'd hired some outsourced developers to sort of help get things moving. And we reached a point where we were going to raise um, an angel round uh, of capital. And it felt disingenuous for us to do that without fully committing to um, fully committing to the project. And so that was really the point where we were like, okay, we got to jump in and we got to go. Oh, so you all burn that? No way. This is pre, this is at least 12 months ahead of having any revenue at all. So zero revenue, zero customers, zero interactions on the website. The website wasn't even launched. Um, and we were sort of, we were all in and we were all committed. I love it. So you all burn the boats. You're all in. You start the company. And kind of, you don't have to give me the full history, but kind of give us a journey because you're there for a while until you actually get sold to TripAdvisor where they acquire you. What was that journey like for, for the three of you? Oh, it was amazing. Uh, we're still friends, which is incredible. But, um, you know, it was an amazing journey. It was an amazing thing to do and to, to build a company and, and to, I mean, do it again right now, but it's really fortunate to be able to build a company like that. It happens over time, right? It's just sort of the progress of building a company. And I'm sure the rest of your listeners know this too, just through the course of their career, like your responsibilities and, um, and what you're doing, your work just sort of stacks upon itself and it gets bigger and magnified as your career increases. And it was the same thing with our company, right? You know, it started with the three of us at a house, you get a you get an office, now you have a lease, you start having employees, the numbers start growing. We were really, I would say one of the key pieces of it was we wanted to devote ourselves to being really client-centric. And I think that was a difference. We could tell, I think our EQ was pretty high that um, the industry wanted a platform that they could trust and a platform that felt would preserve their interests and that they could work with. And we, we threw ourselves into that mission to be very client forward, to be very client friendly, to care about the industry. You know, TJ and I went to every, no matter over the course of the whole time, every time there was an industry industry conference, like we were the ones who were there meeting with clients, being there to present, being there, you know, in the showroom, um, talking to folks and being very client centric. And I think that made a really big difference because at the time, and, and in many ways, the industry has not changed from this. The vacation rental industry is this incredible corner of the hospitality industry that moves at this. It's super fragmented and it's so dynamic and it changes. The landscape changes very rapidly and it can be disconcerting to um, folks who are in that, who are in that business. So if somebody can help them and, you know, really commit to being on their side and providing, you know, value, whether it's through marketplace or through software, it really resonates. And so you built this and I think, you know, I read it was up to, you had 600,000 listings on there. Was that, is that accurate? What you yep. built there? And so how big a team did you have that was doing all of this at, at your peak? Yeah, by the time I left, we were about 170 people. And so what was that like for you? You hadn't really managed big teams before. Was it a lot of learning, a lot of things that, man, I wish I would have done that differently looking back? Or was it, you know, easy ride for you? 
None of it's easy. Um, none of it's easy. It's super rewarding. Um, and it's always uh, feels a little more fun in retrospect, I suppose. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's fun at the time, but it's more fun when you look back. Um, but it was incredible. You know, it's, it's, it's an incredible feeling. And I'm sure, you know, other folks here who are listening, like, it's an incredible feeling to manage a team, to grow a team, to watch them also professionally grow. And then, you know, if you're doing it long enough to watch those folks sort of blossom into their career and then move on and take other jobs and then do really well in other companies. And, you know, we have product managers that worked with us who have gone on to lead product organizations at at major, you know, software companies, folks who have left who are on our sales team who've gone and founded other companies and started other companies. You know, it's really super, super, super rewarding. Um, plenty of lessons learned along the way. I think, you know, and, and some that we just can, I just continue to try and always improve on, like how you think about managing folks, how you think about instilling um, connections with your team and um, empowering them at the same time um, so that they can get better at the work that they're doing, sort of servant leadership something mm-hmm. I wish I knew a little bit more way back then. So I could sort of lean into that further, but um, that I practice now. Well, it sounds like you left a, a great legacy of people that work with you and brought a lot of that culture you'd built into their lives. And so you're, you're crushing it with it. Look, you're crushing with it. We know the story that you ended up getting acquired by TripAdvisor. How does that happen? How does that decision go on? Cause that's sometimes a hard decision for founders to make. Yeah, TripAdvisor was a great partner. They were already heavily involved in the business um, from 2008 on. Um, and so it was fairly predetermined that we'd be working with Expedia and TripAdvisor in the long run through a full, through a full acquisition. Doesn't make the process any easier, I would say, but we did a nice job building up that business in a really big travel category, mm-hmm. uh, one that continues to grow. And... Um, you know, we found a way that we found a you know a nice home for the a nice home for the company, a nice home for Flipkey and for the asset, um, and a good cornerstone of what TripAdvisor was trying to accomplish at the time. So I built and sold a large staffing company, about seven hundred people that I built up, and I remember when I got acquired, it seemed like great on paper, and then it was very different once I had to actually report to somebody else. Was <laughs> it was it like that for you all, or you already worked with them for so long that it was like, all right, this is fine, you know, I don't have to be in charge. Yeah, no, it was different. Things changed. Things mm-hmm. changed. We'd worked well together over that four and a half year period, uh, but things definitely changed. And I think that's okay. I, I feel like you need to, and I'm sure this resonates with you too, Steve, you know, when you when you sell your company or somebody else acquires it, like they've earned the right to do with that asset and business what they want to do with it. Might not feel super comfortable right away and easier it's easier to say and accept, you know, as, as time passes from the moment, (laughs) right in the moment, it doesn't feel all that good, but the truth is, you know, they've acquired the business and they own the asset and they can, they can manage it the way that they want to manage it. Like that's part of the, that's, that's part of the bargain. Um, And so things definitely changed and TripAdvisors continued to manage that asset. I think, in the same way that vacation rentals is dynamic and can be a little unsettling, the landscape shifts. I think that landscape has continued to shift under TripAdvisor's feet. 
Um, we've seen that in the market. Um, and it's certainly shifted under their feet when it comes to vacation rentals. Nothing has slowed down. Uh, nothing has slowed down Airbnb during that time when we were starting Flipkey or since. Nothing is really slowing down VRBO. It's a really interesting, and yet the, the business continues to grow. Yeah, and so that's where I want to kind of get into now, is into what you're doing, Dax. I know you took a, it looks like you, you did some other work, maybe as due to non-compete, I'm guessing, or something along those roads, or you took some time off and invested and advised. Is that what happened? Yeah, I took a little time off. Mm-hmm. Um, got a young, growing family, and I wanted to be a little choosy about what I did next. And so tested a few things, got involved in a few projects. Well, I was really thinking about what I wanted to throw myself into next because it takes a bunch of time. When you start one of these, you need to be prepared. You need to commit for a, a decent chunk of years. Yeah. So you decide and you create Breezeway. So give me the genesis of Breezeway. How does that start taking shape? Yeah, this one's a little fresher. So I probably know the story a little tighter. <laughs> yeah. The last one, the last one was good. <laughs> well, I had a house in South Carolina, you know, my wife's from South Carolina. We bought a house in South Carolina towards the end of Flipkey and we were managing it. And I was really intrigued. You know, I'd met all these vacation rental managers, right? 600,000 listings, thousands and thousands of, of suppliers that we worked with. And over a course of my career at Flipkey, many of them became friends and colleagues. And, um, in addition to being clients. And so I was really close to that business. Even though we'd only been helping them on the marketing side, I was close with these people, number one. And number two, by virtue of the work we did at Flipkey, I was really close with the property management software systems because we had to integrate with all of them. And so I knew how many of those property management software systems worked. And I would say that the combination of a few pieces, like one, an interesting experience managing our own home in South Carolina and then getting a house in the suburbs and trying to figure out like, oh my goodness, what do you do with this? What do you do with this asset and how do you manage it? Really turned me on to property management, not in the sense of like reservations and distribution and marketing as you typically think of in the vacation rental space, but in the sense of asset management, how do I take care of this thing? How do I coordinate really good maintenance at my property? And what, that, what does that look like? Whether I'm renting it or I'm living in it, you know, as a primary home. And at the time, there were a bunch of companies starting sort of smart, tech-enabled property managers for your primary home. So, you know, you had choices between Angie's List or trying to do all this stuff yourself. What could be in the middle where somebody might help you do it? I thought, wow, that's really interesting. Uh, they were all failing. And I thought that was pretty interesting too. So I talked to my vacation rental manager friends and I said, mm-hmm. tell me about your meat. Tell me, I know all about your marketing or I know yes. a decent amount about your marketing. And pricing and all that and fun pricing. stuff. Let's talk about your operations. Let's talk about how you like get all this work done. And they were like, ooh, it's tough. It's really tough. I started a property management company in Boston. If you came, if you came to me with like an odd job and you said, Jeremy, I need to remodel my bathroom or my kitchen, I need some landscaping, any odd job, I would coordinate it for you to try and learn what it was like to coordinate all these service providers. Were you and, promoting it that way? Like you had like ads out saying, hey, call me? Or was it just yeah, 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 I did. I did. I had ads on, I had ads out because um, it was a good way to test. 
Um, I say, hey, I've got a company called Breezeway and I'll help coordinate stuff for you. Yeah, like, tell me anything you need. I reached out to all, every, sent a message to my network in Boston. I said, if you have a project at your house, just tell me what it is. I'll coordinate it. We'll, make, we'll find the vendors. We'll coordinate the whole thing. Just want to learn how this all works. And then we started, then I started doing a few for strangers too, through mm -hmm. that, so I could see what it was like. Did some for some venture capital investors who were interested in what I was doing. That was a trip. Yeah. Um, uh, but I learned a lot about what it was like to coordinate maintenance. And I learned a lot about what it was like to think about building a profile of the property that could help you do that. And long story short, I combined that with knowledge about the property management software systems and what they were good at and what could be some opportunities and what my old clients were saying could really be some opportunities about how they were running their business. And I mashed all of them together. And I thought like, this is interesting. The world is going to change and people are going to want highly like service is becoming more important and specifically long answer. Sorry, but you know, specifically, specifically in vacation rentals, the marketing is really hard to be special at the marketing. This is my, my opinion, but I think it's, it's hard to be special at the marketing because the platforms are commoditizing that to some extent, right? That's their job. As a marketplace, they want to take thousands and thousands, millions of listings, find the commonality between them so that you can shop across all of these different properties and all of these different providers. They want to commoditize the work so that the marketing is simple and it's better experience for the travelers. And it is a better experience for the travelers. But what that means is that then you're probably going to have to differentiate your business on service. And I think the same thing applies in hotels too, right? Hotels have lived this through Expedia and what's happened with the OTAs on the, on the hotel side as well. You have to differentiate by service, which means service is expensive. Hospitality is a low margin business. If you're going to have to do more service, it's going to have to be better. You'd probably value tools that could help you do that really effectively. And if you're in the vacation rental business and every property is unique, and yet increasingly you're being cross-shopped with hotels and you have to meet this hotel standard of cleanliness and hospitality, wow, your job is brutal. It's really hard. So we can build tools and software that could really help you. And that's basically, that was the genesis of Breezeway. We've been doing that ever since. It's actually, there's a reason why um, the property management software systems were pretty good at it, but not amazing at it because it's really hard, which had I known it was so hard, maybe I wouldn't have started it, but <laughs> it's very hard. But once you get going and you start building that out, there's a ton of value that you can deliver to clients. And, and that's the fun part. Yeah. And I love hearing how you started to build this, right? So in 2016, you're testing this out. When do you start kind of ramping up where you're like, all right, I've got this down. We've got some systems in place. I'm sure you're going to the vacation rental management association meetings with your product, you know, a little desk there for listeners who've never been one. Sure. What was it like for you? Did you go all out once you had the product and start spending money on acquiring people or was it kind of word of mouth? You know, how did you start kind of to ramp up to where you are? You know, three yeah. Years? I think this was a business that we grew and continue to grow pragmatically. Um, maybe I use that term loosely because we've been fortunate enough to raise capital, but you know, we're still trying to be um, pragmatic about it. 2016, that's right. We're sort of 
2015, I'm fooling around with this idea and I'm a property manager myself. 2016, I'm realizing I'm not pretty, I'm not very good at being a property manager, but I'm, I'm better at building software. Um, 2017, we're starting to add our first, our first clients. Um, and then 2018, you know, things are starting to ramp up, but there's a lot of nuance to that. And that is, you know, this is a, this is a broad part of the vision is that operations is a segment of property management that you do, right? We're not going to touch the distribution. We're not doing price and dynamic pricing. We're not, uh, helping you on the marketing. We're not helping you attract guests. Uh, we're not doing the accounting. We're just thinking about operations. But the fact is, even if you just carve up operations, it's a huge task. You know, it's a broad mandate and there's a lot to do. So we would go to customers early on and they would say, you know, this is great. Like we need this and we'll sign up, but it needs to do the four things that you already do. And it needs to do these 10 other things or else we can't possibly like switch from the way that we're doing business today. And so there was a lot for us to build, to be able to sort of continue to keep growing into the market over and over again. But we did. So who is your customer right now? Is it the people, you know, who have thousands of listings? Is it the one listing home? What you're focusing on is actually the hardest part, right? Marketing and putting professional photos and using pricing tools is, in my opinion, I'm a partner at a, at a, at a company that we have listings here across South Florida probably easiest, but once you get into operations and you have people, Hey, the toilet's broken and Hey, this is not working. And this uh, linen is dirty. And those things is that it's the hardest part. So how do you help those? It's kind of a two prong question. Who are you serving and how is it helping them? Yeah. Well, we're big in, we're big in Denmark and Sweden. Uh, for listeners you have there, we've got thousands of, you know, we have providers, we have a few providers in Europe who have thousands of of units. A few in the US as well. Our largest customers have thousands of units. And then our smallest customers have have one or, or two homes that they're working with. And the commonality is that in each case, you know, they're turning over these properties. They're working with this property. They don't own or they may not own all the properties. If you have one or two, it's typically the owner of the property who's doing it. But they want to be great about the experience they provide in the property. And in order to do that, especially if they don't live right there or they have distributed properties, they need some tools to help them do that. So we work across a broad spectrum from really small to quite large property managers, but that's the common theme. And we help them because coordinating all that work is, is pretty challenging. Coordinating the work, communicating with the guests, um, rescheduling service, understanding how you're interacting with that asset, and then helping just keep track of all of that work. Um, you know, it is a, it's a bear of a job. So we help across anybody who is touching the property or communicating to the guests during the stay. That's the typical value that we're providing our customers from sort of start to finish from the day before they arrive till probably the day after they leave when they're checking in and saying, you know, how did the experience go? That's where Breezeway shines. I love hearing that. And so if you were to give, you know, your pitch that you have at, at these seminars and events and someone, you know, for listeners that aren't familiar with Breezeway, what would be your kind of like 30 second pitch for them to understand what, it, what the tool actually is? 
Yeah, we are a we are property care and uh, operations platform that helps you make sure that you're delivering the right experience for your guest at the property. Which means how are you scheduling work in between, you know, in between guests? How are you making sure that that work is done effectively through checklists and and verified work from the field? Um, and how are you communicating all that value to your guests so that they understand? the work that you're really you're really putting in to make sure they have a great experience. Great. And you've been in this for a long time and you've seen this kind of world of vacation rentals like you said shifting all over the place. And now it's actually you know a time where I think a lot of people got into it and didn't realize what it was going to be like. Like oh I'm watching a TikTok video and this guy is saying go rent a bunch of homes and I'm going to be a multimillionaire tomorrow. And then they get into it and then they realize what it actually is and they can't handle it. But then you also see some very good companies out there um, growing. Where do you see all this going? Because there's some people who hate the Airbnbs and VRBOs of the world and are all about their brand. Or do you see it as kind of a balance between using those OTAs to get your clients and then making them fans of your brands? Where do you see all this going? Because there's so many different voices out there right now. And you have your ear to the ground with so many people. Yeah. Great question to unpack a little bit. I would say... Um, a couple of things. One, we did a great job over the last, you know, 15 years ago, you couldn't uh, pay on, you couldn't find a rental, uh, a home that you wanted to go to on your vacation and pay instantly via credit card and just go and just know that you were going to be there. When you got there, um, you'd probably have to seek somebody out to try and find the keys so that you could get in. There wasn't electronic access, right? Uh, we've done such a good job improving that part of the experience and using technology to do it. And at the same time, we've done a great job uh, providing a platform. You know, Airbnb deserves a lot of credit for it. They're the leader um, sort of in the OTA space for this. But we've done a great job providing a platform for people to expose their property online to be able to find guests through these marketplaces. I think the next phase is... How do we think about quality on in this industry? And how do we think about quality on these marketplaces? Um, it's not people that don't like, you know, I think there's a couple of different things. Like people who don't like vacation rentals in their area. It's not just that they may not like vacation rentals. It's they don't like the bad actors. They don't like people who are hobbyists who don't take it seriously. And those folks really do a disservice to so many people this is not an industry that Airbnb invented. And we all know that, right? This is an old industry of vacation homes and renting homes to go on, on trips and family vacations, et cetera. It's about just leaning into the quality and professionalism um, and sort of weeding out some of the very few bad actors who are doing a disservice, I think, to the whole market. So I think that's number one that people think about from the consumer standpoint, which is like, great, let's focus on quality and professionalism um, across the industry. When it comes to operators and then sort of listing and leveraging Airbnb, I think like these, these are marketplaces, like use them to your advantage, use them to help grow your business, but know exactly what you're getting into, right? They probably shouldn't be hundred percent of your business. Um, and if you're doing great work, you should be able to drive repeat guests. And you should think about the cost that you're paying, the marketing costs of being on any platform, no matter where you advertise, the marketing cost of your own website, 
think about how you can get repeat guests by leaning into your service so that you can reduce the marketing costs of that original customer acquisition, right? If I pay so much to get you, Steve, and then I get you to come back again, I've just cut my customer acquisition costs in half uh, for getting you the first time because I didn't have to pay the second time. All I had to do was engage with you and send you an email. So it's huge. And that's a really big, use the platforms that way so that you can build your audience, but then you know make those customers, make those guests your own. So I think that's one tangible piece of advice. And I think the industry has a lot of growth to go. I think also what enamors me about the vacation rental industry is that it is this perfect nexus of hospitality and property management. And I think it's a bellwether for where the industry is going. I think hotels have noticed this and they're starting to change some of their inventory, tweak it a little to be a little more authentic, a little more unique, feel a little more like a vacation rental, tons of interest in that. Long-term rental operators are very interested in flexible opportunities, not just annual leases, but more flexible living arrangements. And I think it's forcing long-term rentals to think of themselves more as hospitality providers and sort of like all of their, there's this confluence and convergence of all of these categories. Um, I don't know. I don't think it's too much to say that vacation rentals could be part of the reason for that. They were growing and really picking up interest pre-pandemic. The pandemic was like a rocket ship for vacation rentals, Airbnb going public, another way to really provide publicity for the industry. And I think now awareness is just through the roof um, and it's it's leaking and, and sort of influencing tangential um, property segments. Yeah, I think it's going both ways too. Cause I come, I started in the world of luxury hotels for a long time as you know, I was executive at two of them. And I see it now where experience, it's all about the experience on property. Like what can we create here that you can't get at a vacation rental? So that's starting to pop up a lot. And then with our vacation rental, same thing. It's like, how do you provide that luxury service that you can count on? Cause you're paying a ton of money and you don't want it to be where something's not working. Totally. And that's what people want. People mm-hmm. want what consumers really want is the combination of the space luxury and sort of authenticity either by location or by the way the home is is situated or what's in the property they want the authenticity of the property to be central to the experience but they want hotel quality hospitality service mixed in together that's like the that's the dream right you want both of those um and it's going to be really interesting to see how those two combine to drive an impact in the future of vacation rentals. Operators that can really deliver mm-hmm. on that level are going to continue to rise. Ones that can't are going to struggle. The OTAs will promote the people that can continue to do that and sort of ratchet up that experience to match. And the hotels will make small shifts to think about how they can provide a little more unique authentic, you know, authenticity to the experience. And like you said, drive a difference between what it's like to be on site on property versus in a, in a rental home. I love that. I think that's a, a great place to kind of end our conversation. But before we do, Jeremy, I got one last question. So you've built up two great companies. You've met tons of people, managed tons of people. But if young Jeremy was coming out of Boston College today and was starting on your team, right, he's joining 
this vacation rental industry kind of breezeway technology, what advice would you give young Jeremy if he was starting today? Yeah. Wow. Dig in, dig in and ask a lot of questions. Like really make yourself available and open, open to the experience, open to your professional experience to make sure that you are learning and soaking up everything that you can, especially somebody who's early in their career. I think if you're earlier in your career, soak up as much as you can, learn as much as you can. And if you feel like you're not learning or you're looking around and there's no one that you can relate to or no one that you want to be your mentor, then you got to make a move and you got to find another spot. Ah, I think that's great advice, Jeremy. And for listeners, rewind that because great advice for anyone, no matter what part of the career you're in. So Jeremy, if somebody wants to connect with you, what's the best way for them to do that? Sure. They can just send me an email, jeremiah at breezeway.io. Happy to chat with you. Um, or you can check out our website, breezeway.io. And um, yeah, thanks for thanks for having me on the show, Steve. I really appreciate it. And um, it's been a great conversation. No, I loved it. I loved hearing your journey. And thanks for going way back in history and, and, and giving us all that story. Awesome. Thanks. This podcast is brought to you by Biscayne Coffee. Biscayne Coffee was founded with a giving spirit and a big idea to enjoy delicious coffee roasted in Miami while helping save Biscayne Bay and the animals that live there. As a former food and beverage director, I can assure you these are some of the best quality beans on the planet. 10% of every coffee sold is donated to nonprofits to help preserve Biscayne Bay for all to enjoy. Visit BiscayneCoffee.com today and use promo code MENTOR at checkout to save 10% on your first order. Drink good coffee and create a good outcome. This podcast is a Hospitality.fm production.